Hello and welcome to a side quest. This side is quest. Men of Low Moral Fiber. Those dulcet whispering tones you heard are my brother Ben yeah. Helms. Yeah. I am Jason Helms. Not creepy at all. Very dulcet. I prepared no fancy introduction like Ben usually does. And so I will just introduce our third host today, our guest, Dr. Wendy Sierra. Yo. Yay. Welcome. Hello. Welcome back. Well, yay. Someone. Wendy is not a first time guest. <laughs> yeah. Wendy's a longtime friend of the pod. Um, and it's great to have you back today. We are playing. Wendy, is it safe to say your favorite game? Uh, definitely one of the favorites. Definitely one of the favorites. Yeah. I want to hear what else is on the list, too. Ah. <sighs> A little segment at the end of kind of where it fits into there. Oh, good. Okay. So I have some time to think about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Perfect. Don't put me on the spot right now. Yeah. <laughs> First, we should say the name of the game we're playing, which is Soma. 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 Which I, Soma. having played the game, I still don't think I know what that means yet. I should. I feel like I should. No, the, I don't think the uh, the game ever okay. explains it. Oh, uh, really? It's, it's not a corporation. It's it's not. It's just a, it's a, a Greek word. It's not South of Market. It is south of market. Actually, you you solved it. Okay, cool. All right. Um, <laughs> right. The Soma district. So yeah. uh, we'll we'll talk a bit uh, generally about the game for probably five ten minutes, and then jump into just just spoiler heavy. Just love it. Can I uh, can I pop in real quick? Please. Oh please. So I just googled Soma meaning. Oh sweet. And according according to uh, Oxford Languages Dictionary, the body as distinct from the soul, mind, or psyche. Truth. So that probably relates. It yeah, probably, no, it's, yeah. it's the Greek word for body. <laughs> um, and it's the root of the word psychosomatic, yeah. uh, meaning brain body-ish. Pretty apt. <laughs> That's the technical term there, brain body-ish. The body, the, yeah, brain body-ish, you know. Uh, the body is distinct from the mind or soul, was that right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a great description of it. And um, it's made by the same people who brought you Amnesia, Dark Descent, uh, and mm-hmm. all the other Terrifying. Amnesia games. Um, so no, not not all the other amnesia and games. Some of actually. the other amnesia games, and one of the amnesia, other amnesia games? machine for pigs is made by a Chinese room who did Dear Esther. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and and a, a two thirds two thirds of the amnesia games. <laughs> Dear Esther's been on our mom list for like five or six years now. But anyway, it's going to be body horror. Is what I'm saying. When it came out. God, we got to play Dear Esther. Okay. Yeah. Man. Yeah. A lot of a lot of body horror. So so just uh, not even like content warning or trigger warning, just a um, man. This game's scary. Ben, Ben, you didn't just, finish. Just a warning. Just a warning. <laughs> Soma warning. warning. Body just warning. warning. Psychosomatic warning. Trigger there. Yeah, man. This game was. I, yeah, I didn't finish it. I got to. We can get to exactly where I got you later, but got to where it, you're dark and walking around and there's a creepy like computer ghost running in around. Disco stew. That's what there I you go. It. Yeah, yeah. Disco Very, stew. There's a the disco, disco stew. Yeah. Yes. Chasing yeah. you. Yeah. You're gonna want to avoid those disco stews. Did mm-hmm. not love that. So <laughs> I put it down, tried again the next day, didn't get very far after like 10 minutes. I was like, you know what? I'll read about the game. I'm good. So <laughs> was difficult and scary, and more scary than difficult, but uh it was enough to make me just be like, I want to be a part of the podcast, but I want to more just like gain knowledge and learn from you too than I do necessarily want to share about. All the stuff I learned because <laughs> I only played like five hours. So I played like five minutes and texted Ben and Corey and Wendy actually shortly thereafter and said, um, I played five minutes and I realized I couldn't play anymore tonight because this is going to be my favorite game ever. And I, I just don't have the time for it now. 
right? I, like I can't get into and it. We were already playing my favorite game ever when you said yeah. that inscription. Ah, yeah, it's high on that list. That's yeah. Man, this has been a month. Wow. Yeah. But it was, for me, it was it. It does a nice cold open with just a, just a quote across the screen from Philip K. Dick, one of my favorite writers. Oh says, yeah. Reality is that which, when you stop believing in it, doesn't go away. And I was like, oh, this is good. This is good. And then um, we've got a character in a car driving along, talking to someone else. And the other person hands them a bottle of red liquid and says, here, this is green. And I was just like, yeah, OK. I forgot about that. OK, I'm excited. This is it's going to play on perception. <laughs> it's going to be uh, it's all about what reality is and consciousness. I am so invested. And it really, really, really delivered. How much more do we want to say before we just jump into spoilers? Just set up the plot a little more. Sure. I think we can do the first half hour of the game kind of plot. It, it actually starts feeling kind of like a walk-in simulator, right? Yeah. You, uh, you start, you wake up from this bad dream that, that it opened with, um, and you have to take some medication and go to your uh, medical appointment for some kind of uh, fancy new experimental yeah totally normal appointment <laughs> yeah surgery uh not surgery um uh t- treatment uh yeah. where when you get there they put you in some kind of uh machine that locks you in and is going to map your brain and then run a bunch bunch of simulations on it uh to teach your brain how to fix itself because you've been in a terrible car accident and uh, some of the things i like early on is that uh controls wise um you can pick stuff up it's incredibly cumbersome yeah. to do so and you thought fits, so? Oh, I thought so. Yeah. Like, I think in, in really good ways. Like, it, oh. I think it fits with the experience of a traumatic brain injury where you're interacting very artificially, right? You don't pick things up like in an, an adventure game where it's just like, button, go. And now it's part of my inventory. It's like, I hold it in front of you. If I turn, it hits the wall. There's another button oh. to throw it. You know, it's, yeah. it's cumbersome in that way. It's not bad controls. It's, yeah, that's, in, that's interesting because having played Penumbra and Amnesia... I feel like it's just cumbersome. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think that I get, I get what you're saying about how it sort of narratively works. Um, but it's also the same in their games where you don't have a brain injury. That makes sense. It's really effective at horror, right? Yeah. Uh, you feel it's not that, that hero complex. Like I can do anything. It's like, I yeah. can't even pick up a stapler. This is difficult. Mm-hmm. And I just, I still just love that throw is one of the keys. Um, and, and it's important, <laughs> but it's still always fun to have a key where you just throw whatever you're holding. Because I have that key on me. If someone is controlling me, just like fling everything in the air. It's definitely that's one your, of the buttons. That's your defensive mechanism. <laughs> defensive, offensive. It throws it really hard, too. I do. I do. Uh, I no, I'm not you, things. Simon, I meant. But you, too. Oh, yeah. that's true. <laughs> this was uh, the the engine. is. Yeah, that's how you break the windows. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the HPL engine, which was used as a prototype version on Gone Home, which a walking simulator. It reminded me a lot of Gone Home. Yep. Reminded me a lot of Firewatch, the picking up aspect of that and throwing things and uh, I, I liked it. I like the, when you, you first, I think you wake up in your apartment and you're like, that's kind of the tutorial, right? Is you pick up things mm-hmm. and you do what I do. You pick, take everything out of the fridge and you put it into the oven and you just like break all the glass that you can in the entire place. And you pick up everything, you read everything. Cause that's what you do in adventure games. You collect everything. You put everything in your inventory. If you can, <laughs> you have a working television yeah, with a DVD player and a bunch of DVDs that hypothetically you could play. But Simon knows because of the concussion, he's not yeah. allowed mm-hmm. to watch. So yeah. I, I love the little storytelling things like that, where they're like, we're not programming all this. And there's a really good excuse. <laughs> Here you go. This is totally the reason. Also, the fact that like you wake up 
And you, meaning me, put all of the <laughs> random things from the fridge into the oven and threw everything across the room. <laughs> Maybe there was a traumatic brain injury, you know? Yeah. Maybe this is yeah. some evidence of it, you know? Yeah. All Narrative right, so that way it works. Up too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> I am waiting to, to find the particular kind of aphasia that is the uh, adventure gamer thing of like turning on every light just to know what room you've been in. Yeah. Uh, opening yeah. the fridge, just leaving it wide open. It's a very particular kind. Just your pockets full to overflowing <laughs> with every single thing that was on the floor. I have lint and 36 pennies. And <laughs> oh, man. So uh, oh. you go into this machine and they, they run the simulation. And uh, pretty soon you're you're in a horror movie and it's scary. And you're at the bottom of the ocean and there's robots and disco stews yeah. and uh, scary, scary fish outside. And you're going to be asked to do some th- stuff that's real, real creepy. Yeah. Go through some dilemmas. dark areas where there's noises. Ethical dilemmas, yeah. Lots of, lots of ethical dilemmas. Oh, there's going to be ethical dilemmas. Friends become enemies. Enemies become friends. It's it's a lot. Yeah. I think that's about all we can do without spoiling. Because yeah, I'm spoiled probably you're right. Yeah. hell out of this. But two thumbs up. Uh, if you can yeah. brave it, play it with some friends with the lights on. Talk to yourself through it. I played it on my Steam Deck, which was really nice because I could kind of like hide it from myself. Like, like point mm-hmm. it away from myself while I was playing. There oh. is friendly mode. Oh, that yes. you can play. Maybe I should have done that. And the enemies don't damage you. Mm. I will say when we were talking about this is pseudo spoiler. This is like early gameplay strategy. I'm going to mention. I mentioned to Jason that like an hour or two in, where I was like, I'm I'm scared. I'm a scared of the monsters. But my plan was to just keep like because the first time you see one, it like runs into you, runs you over, and to like show you what happens when you run into them, and or damages you. And I was like, I guess from now on, I'll just run into them. That's my new plan. It's just <laughs> that will make me not be afraid of them because what's the exactly. worst that can happen? It's not going to like it's not Mario where you have three lives and you go to the beginning. Or at least I didn't get that far where he mm-hmm. throws you to the beginning. And Jason's like, yeah, that's a strategy. It also seems like it wouldn't be as fun or as scary to do that. But but you do you, man. I was like, yeah, that's a good point. So, yeah, it was not. I, I did hear from people who, who used friendly mode who said, like, it's not friendly at all. It's still just <laughs> as scary or at least for oh, me. really. Because it's like the, the scary part wasn't the dying. It wasn't yeah. having to go to back to the beginning of the level. That was just yeah. that was more annoying. Yeah. Um, and it didn't get that annoying. It was, you know, there were a couple places where I wished I could turn it on. Right. I think exactly. The, I, yes. The last section where I had to sneak past something. I definitely I like, Googled. Can we turn it on halfway through? You yeah, because I, I died like 10 times in this oh. one section. But other than Brutal. that, I, yeah, and I don't think it affects the scary so much. It just makes it a little easier. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I probably should have turned that on. All right, spoilers. All right. Let's go spoil everything. This is great. Let's go. Let's do it. Wendy, can we can we flip this for a second? Do you want to talk to us about it since you yeah. get to see it through new eyes? Like, yeah. what, what do you want to ask yeah. us about it since we're so fresh to it? Um. Well, I mean, the biggest question I always have when people played it first is, um, is the ending happy or is the ending sad? Mm. Um, and I'll say uh, my husband and I, after we played it, we debated that for like three weeks. Yeah. Like we just kept going with is the ending happy or is the ending sad? So that, that, that'd be what I'd ask. Yeah. Can I go as someone who didn't play the ending? Please, yeah. <laughs> since you didn't play it. Yeah. But I've talked to Jason about it and I've read the Wikipedia page. So as someone who's that's good enough right yeah yeah i know all the details uh so feel free to argue with me i feel free or, or i feel like as i start with saying feelings and then end with saying i struggle with empathy so as someone who struggles with empathy it's a happy ending because i'm like oh yeah like a version of me made it away and like made it out of the world even th- so we should maybe say that like the cliff's notes version is you copy your consciousness into a version of yourself 
that gets off of Earth and is able to like start civilization somewhere else off of Earth, right? Mm, More or less. I don't know about that. Oh, you okay. exist yeah. in a, a simulated reality. I don't yeah. know that you have much oh. control outside of that. So it's like uh, Westworld-ish, right? Where it's like, what's that called in Westworld? Where it's like, that's where all the no Westworld fans here. No, but well, okay. no, no. But it's not your real body. It's it's just yeah. it's just your consciousness inside. Yes, the yeah, just your consciousness yeah. within an AI or within a simulated world. Okay, okay. But yeah, you're, you're in a hard drive on a satellite. But even then, like, what's the difference if it's a hundred percent copy? Which is kind of the that's the jump, right? In this game, which is like. Mm-hmm. You don't know which is real. They're both real. Well, that's the question, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. That's fair. But yeah, I would say it's a happy ending in that way that like, as long as a version of myself makes it somewhere else, if the options are, I die here by myself alone, or I die here by myself alone. And also a version of me gets to go into an AI simulated eternity or whatever that might look like. That seems like a happy ending. Yep. <laughs> um, okay. I'm, I'm somewhat with you. Uh, it's definitely both. Right. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, that's true. it's a really ambivalent. <laughs> it's, it's both. That's true. And I'm interested in in less of like, would would I like it or not? And more of like, does the game think it's a happy ending or a sad ending? Oh, OK. And the game is is really I thought it was interested in both in that the first thing it gives you is so in the climactic scene, uh, Earth has been destroyed. Uh, you are one of the last living human beings with giant quotes around that <laughs> because yeah. you are a consciousness yeah. in a robot that's already been transferred a couple times. Okay. And you are able to transfer a collection of consciousnesses. We never find out how many, but you get the idea that it's maybe like a dozen. Well, and here I want to take issue with yeah. your use of the word transfer mm-hmm. because Please. that's a big plot point, right? Huge. That yeah. Huge. people are thinking of this as a transfer, but really it's copying, right? It's- so there are copied consciousnesses. Mm. You you drag it to the external drive. It's true. Right? Yep. Yep. Uh, which, but it's on an external drive, so it didn't move it. It it copied it. You know. Yeah. Control C, not Control X. Yeah. 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 So um, you have copied your consciousness onto a uh, into a virtual reality that is then put into a satellite and shot into space. The button that shoots into space is the same one that copies your consciousness. And so then you convenient. That's just convenient right there. Well, it, it makes some good plot points uh, yeah. at the time. Right. In other words, if it didn't, how would it get there and who would put, press the button? Yeah, fair. That's um, true. So uh, you shoot off into space and there's a great countdown of, you know, oh, is my, my brain going to make it over? Oh, no, it's you know, five, four, three. And, it, and it, the copy goes through. Sort of. And what you don't know in that moment, if, you're, if you've been paying attention, is which well, you, ending are they going to show me? Because, you know, <laughs> As Wendy has said, that, that there's two there's two versions of you now. It's copying. The game told you it repeatedly, showed you it in an earlier scene, yeah. very dramatically. And then oh, we need to talk about that, that scene later, too. Yeah. And is now having to perform it again. Like, it's not a surprise ending uh, or it shouldn't be. And then your player care, your yeah, your PC is shocked, shocked that they're still in their old body. They're like, <laughs> it didn't work. What? It Simon. didn't work. Simon. Poor Simon. And, Simon didn't and, get it. Simon's such an idiot. <laughs> uh, Simon the, never gets it. He has it. severe brain damage, you guys, okay? <laughs> Leave him alone. It's true. And Catherine, your pal, your friend, your uh, omni-tool. Your AI companion, yeah. Uh-huh, is like, what are you talking about? Of course it worked. It's a copy. I don't, I'm not explaining this to you again. It's getting cruel at this point. Like, what? And then her voice goes out. Ben explained to me that that she short circuited. I thought she was just mad at him and just like stopped talking. Is she like <laughs> overclocked and short circuited according to Wikipedia? And Jason, yeah, yeah, like, that's fair. Ah, yeah, that's fair jump. enough. I, she yeah. just stopped talking. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's what happens when you when you short circuit. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then uh, you're left there alone. And Simon says, please, you know, please don't leave me alone. Something like that. You know, you, you can't leave me alone like this. And it's it's sad and it's heartbreaking. But I also because I was put in this moment of like, of course, Simon, that's how this works. This was the plan. This <laughs> right. is the happy ending you were fighting for. What's Oops. wrong with you? I was not left in a moment of hopelessness. I was left in a moment of that's kind of cool that they don't show me the other side of it, that I get to imagine it. And so because I'm there's kind of a cruel moment of laughing at Simon almost and maybe not laughing, but just being like, you idiot. What are you doing? Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Post credit, you get to experience the um, the virtual reality world and uh, you see Catherine there. You both have bodies in this virtual reality world. You hug. Uh, you take a survey, like do all the things that I love the survey early <laughs> in the game. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll find a survey. How do I feel? Get to take it like, again. It's separated great. from myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good. And then the camera zooms out and you are on a satellite circling a dead planet. And that's the ending. And it's funny that Simon at the bottom of the ocean had more happiness than you might think. And <laughs> me in Eden had a lot more sadness than you'd think. So I think both endings are ambivalent. It's not just that one ending is happy, one ending is sad, and they're both there. Mm-hmm. Well, and this is this is all that's left of humanity, right? Um, and and part of the question then, and I think that that's part of that zoom out to see it orbiting the dead world, right? It just drives home that like the satellite with these, you know, scans consciousnesses is all that's left. That's it, right? Um, so I, I think that, I think that that then they kind of do like there's Simon and there's his emotional breakdown. And then you're like, oh, but look, they're in this happy place. And then you get that final reminder, like, ah, but it's all screwed anyway. Right. (laughs) Yep. It's a, it's a roller coaster. Yeah, for sure. It's a roller coaster. They take you on. I think some of the more disturbing things are actually within the game. Yeah. The endings, I think both of them have a lot more joy than most of the rest of the game. Yeah. And so one thing that happens kind of throughout it is you find, uh, you know, environmental storytelling. Uh, lots of journals. People leave notes uh, like because, you know, it's a video game. Yeah. And you find out that as the what do you think? It's about a dozen people that were transferred into this. Something that. Yeah. There was almost like this subgroup, this cult that decided uh, these are all scientists. These are all engineers. You know, the. the the brilliant saviors of humankind at the bottom of the ocean, the only people left alive, basically. They decide uh, if I'm going to tr- uh, copy my con- my consciousness, I would actually rather transfer it. And the way to ensure that is to the mo- to to the very moment that I am scanned, commit suicide. And so they start uh, chewing cyanide tablets basically when they're in the scanner. Uh, like the moment the scan happens, they, they crunch down on it and it happens to repeated people such that they end up, they, they no longer scan people because they're worried people will commit suicide. Uh, Simon knows all this. Simon maybe understands this. Uh, (laughs) questionably, (laughs) questionably, we, we get to resurrect one of these people and we get to talk to them and they flip their shit repeatedly until you have to solve a puzzle where you can create the right environment for this person when you bring back his consciousness in a computer so that he thinks uh, his his lover is there uh, and she is going to talk him through it and it's going to be okay. And the AI puts on the lover as like a mask, basically, and pretends to be her. And it's like, hey, it's okay, bud. We're fine. We're fine here. Everything's cool. Uh, like you try putting him in like on the beach. You try putting him in like nice places. Oh, look, a ski chateau. This is wonderful. None of that works because he doesn't want to be there and he has the same little freak out and again simon's watching all this and has some ethical quandaries about it ben 
Yeah, just to answer your earlier question of the there's a couple Reddit pages on how many people are on the Ark. Apparently on Catherine's computer there's a list and it's fifty-eight people. So Wow. Sixty with you and mm-hmm. her. Okay, that's that's more than I thought. Good. Yeah, and I think that um I think the character Catherine is so interesting. And I've mentioned to Jason, I assigned this to some of my students to play and they were very harsh on Catherine. Um, But it's, it's not just so that they come up with that idea, the people that are getting scanned, they come up with that idea of the coin flip, right? And their thought process, which is entirely wrong, is that after the scan happens, there's a coin flip and there's a chance that you might be the one to wake up on the arc, right? Right. Um, And they also think that you are the same person up until your experiences diverge, you and your copy, at which point you truly become different people. And so if you can kill yourself before your experiences diverge too much, then somehow... Somehow you'll merge back together, right? Oh, um, like your consciousness so, will just stay in one yeah, line. Yeah, I, see, I, I didn't realize that. I thought it was almost if I'm in the satellite, I won't feel bad about the other me because they're dead. There's only one me. I get it, it's it's a lie I get to tell myself, right? And and this is and this is a big part of Catherine and what happens to her in the ending because. She watches a bunch of people who have believed in this coin flip ideology when the scan comes up, just be utterly depressed, sometimes angry at her, sometimes yelling at her. And then they go and kill themselves immediately afterward. Right. So she's carrying. She's kind of already portrayed as someone who is maybe not the most socially adept. Right. Um, And then now she's carrying all of this weight. And so then when Simon frickin' Jarrett does the same thing that all of her crewmates did, despite shooting, having, warning. yeah, plenty of warning, that like snaps the last of it. And can we set that up real quick? Just what yeah. that exact, because he does it, I think it was, it's done so well in the game. Yeah. You have to transfer your, transfer, I did it again, see? You have to copy your consciousness there into you a different there body. There you go. Because the robot body you're in can't handle the deep pressures of the abyss you have to go mm-hmm. into. Yeah, you're walking around in a normal dive suit, but we have to go way deep into the ocean. Right. So you have to get yep. into a high pressure dive suit. Um, and we, we, the language here is so clinical and we're falling into it, too. Right. You're in a corpse in a di- dive suit with a, a hard drive literally shoved into the top and some... I, we got to get into this at some point. Magic sentient gel used as yeah. glue. Oh, yeah. Structure gel. The structure gel. Structure gel, you know. And then uh, you found another dive suit with, that already has a body in it. Or, you know, most of one. Convenient. No head. Or useful. Useful. So you you adventure game it. Find the three tools you need. Structure gel. Another hard drive, basically. And I can't remember the third piece, a, a chip for the hard drive or something. And a rubber chicken. <laughs> Jam it into the top of the corpse. Duct tape. Squirt a bunch of structure gel on it. Duct tape it up. Duct tape, yeah. And then, and then put the helmet back yeah. on. And then yeah. you go to go to transfer, giant quotes, consciousness. And the screen goes black. And you open your eyes. And, oh, good, I'm in the dive suit. You said transfer again. And you're like, oh, hey, it worked. Yeah, I did that, but this time I said quotes. Oh, yeah, I know. You said quotes. So you open your eyes and you're like, oh, hey, it worked. I'm in I'm in the new dive suit. That's great. And then you hear from the other room, Catherine, what happened? Mom. And then it goes silent. It's so good because <laughs> for me as a gamer, I, I had not thought of what was going to happen. It was cool. And it, as soon as Played it did, out. I was like, oh, it's a copy. 
Like, I it know all connected. It made complete sense. It's obvious. <laughs> yeah. She set it up. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it's somewhat horrifying. And so she tries to calm you down and she's like, listen, I, I put him to sleep. He's going to wake up later. And you know, I'm going to let you make a decision about does, does the other you get to live or not? Do you euthanize the other you? Why? My immediate reaction is why would you euthanize the other you? And I know we've been talking about it for like 20 minutes and I should maybe know the answer. Maybe I'm Simon Jarrett and the answer's there. But like, <laughs> I don't feel like you would kill that other person. Why, if it's so you, like, it's, let them live. Why can't there be two yous? But that's you as an answer, right? In other words, if someone else made that decision, they know themselves really well and would know whether or not they want to wake up. But who would be like, yeah, I wish I was dead. I mean, you are you are the only living thing yeah. in this abandoned underwater laboratory there's no one to talk to there's disco stews running around outside right so do you leave yourself in this hellscape knowing that you are leaving with the only other sentient being mm, yeah ben That's you're the only one of the three of us that didn't finish the game yeah you euthanized <laughs> simon <laughs> he's there he's still in my ps5 just sitting there is it the unopened the unopened <laughs> PS5 game? It's a real Schrodinger's cat. He doesn't even have a, a tr- quote unquote transferred copy of himself. He's just one guy <laughs> that I left down there, wishing that I killed him. <laughs> I killed him a couple times. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I mean, what is life down there? That's true. I just yeah. think of like the evolutionary drive to be like self preservation, right? It's, I don't know. It's just like our our main drive in life is to keep that life going, and so to be like, yeah, I'm just gonna like. Just off him. Like, I don't know. And maybe most people would make that same choice of, of course, let let the other me choose. Let them wake up and do this. But to have the choice is the important part. Right. To be able to choose which one am I doing? Mm -hmm. Um, In other words, when the other you wakes up, part of them would know, wow, this is a a gift that another version of me has given myself that I'm awake. It's a horrible gift. (laughs) Except the you that was left is going to wake up. And the last thing that you knew is that it didn't work because because you yeah, because you thought it was going to be Simon Jarrett thought he was going to be transferred. So if you don't euthanize that Simon, he's going to wake up thinking that it didn't work, knowing that that dive suit is gone and he no longer has Catherine. And that's, that's all tough. he knows. I don't trust him to put it together. <laughs> I super don't write a note. No, definitely. No, definitely. He's like, no. Oh, my God. So did Catherine steal the dive suit? She didn't even need it. Yeah. She must have transferred her own consciousness. Yeah. One of the best yeah, bits, would. by the way, is the fact that Catherine um, uh, has these gaps in consciousness and the, the question of continuity. Right. And so continuity and gaps are very much relative terms here. Right. In other words, Catherine has complete continuity of consciousness. Yeah. There is no gap for her. And yet every time you plug her in, she is alive again. And every time you unplug her, she's dead again. And she's gone. And then she comes back and she's gone. But for her, it's like 30 seconds later. Or immediate. Yeah. Uh, Or not. It's a moment. Right. It's instantaneous. For you, it's been hours of fighting off giant mutated angler fish at the bottom of the ocean and disco stews. And then you you bring her back. And so I think that's part of the issue that your students are having with it is I guess there is a point from Simon's point of view in which Catherine seems cruel by not saying, Mm -hmm. hey, this last thing. Remember earlier when you thought it was going to transfer, but it made a copy, that's what's happening now. But for her, it's literally been two minutes. Like, it's got to be absurd. Oh, interesting. Absurd yeah. that we're having this conversation again. Yeah. Are you kidding me, Simon? I 
I literally, this is two minutes, dude. Two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I also think that uh, even the glimpses of Catherine, human Catherine, Catherine one, that we get through the journals and the things like that, that you read, she's already generally, I think, disconnected from her humanity or like she is, she is very fine with this. She understands what's happening and she gets that. Catherine one is never waking up on the arc. That's not happening. Right. Yeah. Her, her own writing is very clinical. Yeah. Uh, and mostly yeah. it's lab reports, right? That makes sense. But you get the feeling that that's just her writing and other people talk about her as being weird, as being uh, emotionless, as being somewhat robotic. And there's a really, I think, I think maybe the most beautiful moment in the game uh, when you find Catherine's dead body, because what happened was, and it's up for debate what happened exactly. Um, she was killed by her friends uh, when oh, wow. she was going to launch the Ark. And so you didn't know this, Ben. OK, so you find her her body and you, you find out mm-hmm. what happened. And I found a lot of people's bodies that were being kept alive by like alien lungs. Oh, yeah. And no, snake. no. Hers is hers. Just dead, dead. No, no. She's dead, dead. No, she's dead, dead. OK. She wanted to launch the Ark and her friends were like they didn't think it would work. And they wanted to, to make sure they could take time to fix things. Before they launched it, but also there's a sense of maybe they're just kind of drawing things out because they know that once they launch it, they don't have a purpose in life anymore. And what's what are we even doing? And so she's yelling at them. And and this is one of those audio logs. So you don't actually know what happened. You just hear a clunk and then an oh, my God. And, and it's like then. So did they kill her on purpose? Did something just happen? Like like what happened? And you tell her this. And and she goes, I can't believe they killed me. And you say, well, you know, I think that you both were fighting over this thing and it looked like you maybe just slipped and fell. But one of the really interesting things there is you can follow the blood trail and your body is not where you died. It's like three rooms away. I don't know why you were drugged three rooms away. I don't know the story here entirely, but they you died at the place where the Ark comes into the station, the little crane room. And your body is where the arc is supposed to be launched. They moved your body all the way to the room they weren't going to use. Or like they moved closet, your body just like out of sight, out of mind. No, I mean it was the it was it's to her goal. Room. Yeah, it was to the room that to launch. Right, so not a closet, but like she said, we should go into this room. We said we should stay here. We killed her here, and then we moved her to where she said we should go. Got it. Yeah. Like, was it like a funeral for her? Was it a you know, a continuous struggle that she wasn't conscious for uh, and, and gorier than it looks because there's, there's a lot yeah, of blood. She dragged herself over there. Did she drag herself? Yeah. In, in one kind of final thing, like you don't know. But in that moment, this person who's been so clinical, who's been so alien and alienated and alienating to her coworkers, who really has not spoken well of them kind of throughout and who mocks Simon, feels so betrayed by her friends. And the, when the betrayal comes through, and part of you has to be also thinking like, that's not even you. That's that's a, a completely different person. You're you're the Omni tool, Catherine. You're you're a right. different Catherine. Like, what's the connection? Which would be her argument, and yet she she knows it's mm-hmm. her. It's also to some extent her. Yeah. She's a good character. I really like Catherine. Yeah. Yeah. There's I know it's not fridging, but I wonder if there's like a handy name for male protagonist, female over the radio. Oh yeah. Delilah, Catherine. <laughs> Uh, what Halo has one, right? Mm-hmm. What's the Microsoft Halo Cortana. one? Cortana. Yeah, Cortana. Cortana. Siri, yeah. Yes, yeah, Siri, that's what it is. And yeah, in my life, Siri, right? Alexa, yep. in real life too. Like, 
What I, maybe that's just called the patriarchy is what that's called. I don't know what that's called. <laughs> they should make a movie about it with Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, exactly. But I feel like there needs to be a handy name for it. I do like that. Uh, Catherine is a scientist and an engineer and uh, Simon is your sort of he was a he worked in a comic book store. Right. That was his his yep. previous profession. Um, and she is more the cold, rational one. And he's the one that's always all about his feelings. Um, that's that's kind of a nice I, I appreciate that dynamic. Yeah. yeah. As long as we're talking about just um, female characters and in, in, in common video game tropes, uh, there's another character. I can't remember her name, who at first I thought was going to be central to the plot. The woman who's in the car with you. When Ashley. You, or Ashley. Yeah. Yeah. And she exists. She's important. Right. I believe she's killed in the accident. Is that correct? Yeah. And based on the dream that you have, it seems like maybe Simon had a crush on her. Maybe Simon was interested in her and maybe she didn't return those feelings. And there's a couple nods early on that 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 might be going on. But the game does not care about that at all. It cares mm-hmm. about you thinking that that it might care about that. It wants to play like. Oh, that your princess is in another castle. And I kind of I kind of like Ashley, too, in resisting to be much of a character here. Mm-hmm. She exists kind of very much only in Simon's fantasy. She has her own separate life. Yeah. Originally, I thought we were going to go like a dead space direction. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, with that with that setup, because that's sort of, you know, the dead space setup. Right. You're looking for your your girlfriend. That's why you're there. Right. I mean, the whole way through you tracking through your girlfriend. Um but then that's not at all where it went. Okay. Let, yeah. as, as long as we're talking about, I thought that this was going to happen. Let's just talk yeah. all of the twists that, that we thought might happen. Uh, <laughs> all of our stupid, stupid theories. <laughs> uh, I feel like my theory any? pretty early yeah. on was pretty close. Okay. Which was you go to the doctor and part of this new technology, experimental technology brain scan thing is that they, they copy your, your brain, your psyche transfer, but go on. They, they no like they make a backup of it right and like that's yeah. part of them just figuring out what it is it's in a hard drive somewhere and then i yeah and then social and economic and world collapse and your hard drive survived and i thought it was on like a spaceship at the beginning i guess it is underwater though but for whatever reason uh, humanity has died and you wake up just like i don't even know i mean I, that was part of the mystery is like who transferred my psyche to this mm-hmm. body or whatever but I mean, that's as far as I got into and then the plot started giving itself over. But I feel like that was within the first like 10 minutes of me being in, yeah. the, in the base or whatever. That, that was my go to theory, which is pretty close. Well, and I mean, let's talk about like when you go to the doctor, right, the the building is empty. It looks abandoned. There's no receptionist like. I don't yeah. I feel like there's yeah. even flickering like it's real sketch flickering lights ceiling tiles missing <laughs> there's like a, a rope or like a cord sticking out of the ceiling like someone had escaped like it it's yeah it's weird yeah yeah so it doesn't look legit and then it's not actually Dr. Munchie at this point it's Mr. Munchie because he hasn't gotten right. his degree yet you can help him guys and I'm like and I'm like oh, this is, and, and Quick pause on that. It is great that he you say doctor and he says, actually, it's mister, but I'm, I'm working on it. Yeah. And in the far future, you get to read the incredible works of the illustrious Dr. Munchie, right? Who is now, you know, the, the foremost person yeah. hundreds of 100 years ago who did this work. 
And I, I love seeing him as, as a goofball who was who was working on stuff and definitely didn't have it together when you met him. Yeah, no. And then he uh, when he puts the the helmet down or whatever, he says something about, you know, or no, you say you say um, Indians used to believe that cameras steal steal your soul. Right. As soon as he says that, you're like, ah, oh, this is where it happens. Yeah, Here yeah, we go. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, Buckle right. up. I thought it was smart. Yeah. So so here's what I thought was going to happen there. <laughs> OK, because I, I interpreted it completely differently. He says that we're going to put you in the simulation and it's going to have a bunch of stimuli, you know, give your brain a bunch of problems to solve and things like that. And that's going to teach your brain how to heal itself. Oh, so you thought you were in that. That's what I thought. Yeah. I thought it's going yeah. to end with. Yes. You come right. back and now you're actually healthy because all of this. And it was going to be almost a statement. Well, it was almost going to be a statement about (laughs) goofy computer games, how they give you fake made up problems. And that for me allowed me. It's like a stress test for your brain. Yeah. Yeah. Every problem in it where it's like, oh, there's three levers and one of them's yellow and I have to trace the thing here. And it's like, of course, that's the thing. That's the story my brain is making up. The monsters aren't real. They're just flashing lights. Yeah, sure. No, that's these are synapses firing. This isn't a real thing. Uh, Still very scary. Right. I was definitely terrified throughout this game. But that was the twist I thought was coming. And then it just never came. But I, I'm not going to say that I interpreted it incorrectly. I wasn't right by any means. But I think that the game wanted to leave that open. Yeah, I think yeah. that it, it, it wanted me to not be sure how real any given moment was and that that was important. You're yelling for like the doctor in the first 30 seconds, too. So yeah. I mean, you're very much like in the same moment. Yeah. I, there was like a video game element that I thought of, too. There. Yeah. I love that moment when you're um, you've explored all of the first base and you're um, you're in that room and the glass is cracking right oh, um, yeah. in the base and the water comes in. And up until this point, when you've been looking down, you've seen hands. Yeah. Right. Like because it's a first person game. So you see your hands reaching out for stuff and doing things um, and you're freaking out because the glass is cracked and water is rushing in. And you look down and, and your hands flash between looking like hands and looking like the dive suit gloves. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's a and, I, and I think no that, idea what was happening. In <laughs> yeah, that goes back to what Jason says. Like you're, it's making you question. Like you can't even really trust your reality. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, there was a really cool moment with the the when you said cracking glass that I thought of. That's I think after that, it's when you're in uh, Lambda, I believe, and you've discovered Catherine, and there and I don't I can't remember. There is some creature around there who's kind of coming in and out, but you go to one room that has mm-hmm. these these windows on the side. One one wall of the room is all windows. And you look to the side and one of the, you see one of the red lights of one of the, like the evil robots like shine through the glass and just like come straight at the glass at you because it sees you through the window and it hits it and the glass starts to like crack and spread. Yep. And my immediate yep. response is like, well, I, I think you're like supposed to go away. But my immediate response is like, I wonder if it can break. And I just went straight up to the glass and waited for it. And it hits it again and the glass gets bigger and it hits it again and the cracks get bigger and bigger and bigger. I did the same thing. And then it turns and goes away. But I was like, how (laughs) crazy would this game be if you could just like break the game or like end the level? If it could like crash through in water? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Anything that changes it from being linear was like blowing my mind. Well, I I didn't. I thought it was linear. I thought the next puzzle was to get through that that wall, that, that glass. And so I waited, it kept cracking, and it didn't finish all the way. And I start picking up every item in the room and throwing it at the glass. It's like, clearly it's <laughs> wow, not that one. Okay, it's not. Amazing. And it's like, let's get a heavier one. Let's try this. I Like, I really was convinced. There yeah. were a couple puzzles that I got stuck on. Yes. Not so much because yeah. I couldn't figure it out, but because I thought I had. 
Right. right. And I was like, no, it's got to be this way. It's got to be this way. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the um, the puzzle, not necessarily like puzzle dependency charts, because I don't think they built on each other like an adventure game, but just thought the puzzles were really good. It wasn't always just like, this is missing the key. Go find the key in the other room. I thought mm-hmm. it was pretty clever as far as like, it didn't feel super fetch questy all the time, which I, yep. I feel like these games oftentimes do. Even if they're fun yeah. along the way, I'm like, okay, I got to do the thing. But it was, it, it was, I had to use my brain aside from just like, I'll go explore until I find everything, which was nice. And sprinting was often an option, right? Yeah. Uh, you'd get, you'd get stuck with a puzzle. You try it for the third time to sneak past this thing and everything goes wrong again. And you just try sprinting. And sometimes it would work. Sometimes yeah. you'd get past uh, yeah. Which was like, it worked just often enough to make you think that it could work again, but also you're scared to try it. Uh, it was it was a really nice balance there. Can you two explain to me Disco Stew? I, I looked up the walkthrough after I died three or four times there. Wow. Wow. <laughs> what? Wow. What? Wow is the name of the AI. The Wow. The wow. Thank you, Did I say something horrible? We have fun. How did you call You don't use that term. We use this. We finished the game. We can say this goes through. I don't know. But like I earned it. He killed me enough. First of all, I guess, what is he? Because I don't think we've covered that. And then what, how do you, is there a beating him? Is there, the walkthrough was like, don't look at him. And when he comes towards you, look away and walk slowly or something. I was like, yeah. I tried that. I was like, how do you know where he is unless you're looking at him? I, so, yeah, strategy and then more, I guess, like story and and yeah, all that. So, Wendy, is it OK if I jump in on this? Because I think I don't know the answer. Oh, and I cool. want you to correct me. Perfect. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds great. I don't know, but I want to talk now. Um, Total man. Go yeah, ahead. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you can go ahead. I just won't have anything to add at the end. <laughs> I'll be like, yeah, that sounds right. Um, so... The strategy wise, you're right. Yes, don't look at it. Be in dark places. So later on, you actually have to turn off the lights to get through things. Oh, my God. It gets real tough. The yeah. last the last one to get by was the one I died to like 10 times. Mm. Real quick, just to accentuate that point in the walkthrough, it was like, make sure uh, this next part make sure because I was at the point right before I go up where I was like, I'm just going to read the walkthrough for five minutes. Do the thing. Read the walkthrough yep. for five minutes. Do the thing. Because yep. I was like, did not want to be in the space I was at. How do I get through this space? And the walkthrough was like, you go up the ladder, then you turn left, then Stu or whatever's name, the, the bean walks by, then you wait 10 seconds, you go up the ladder, you close the door, you tie off the thing, you go left, right, right, left. And then you have to remember which way, because when you go back to that elevator you started at, you're going to have to do it in the dark. Yep. And as soon as that was, that's what I read, I was like, well, I'm done. We're done here. <laughs> so keep going. Keep going, exactly man. where you stopped. You actually cool. did pretty well. Hey, good. Thank you. You, were, you got close, man. Sweet. So what did I miss in terms of strategy? And then I want to take a shot at lore. Do it in the dark with the lights off. <laughs> That's right. Don't make a lot of noise. Yeah, exactly. Don't let mom hear. Got it. Don't let Got mom it. Hear. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. All right. So lore. There's this stuff called structure gel. Yes. Mm-hmm. And there's something called the wow. And they are maybe the same thing. Oh, uh, wow so, is W-A-U, right? W-A-U. Yeah. Oh, got it. Okay. And when you're saying already, no. Already. Structure gel and wow, not the same thing. Okay. Uh, it, it, do you, do you want to expand on that or let's just let Wendy talk? <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to look up to see if I could find what the acronym for WOW is because it is an acronym. Warden unit. So so my understanding was that the WOW had actually in fact fe- was using the structure gel. Yes. And had like inhabited the structure gel. Ish. Yeah. It, it doesn't it, it doesn't like use the structure gel um, externally to itself. It inhabits the structure gel uh, to reform things within a structure. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. That, that's what I meant by kind of the same thing. They, okay. they did not start identical. Yeah. Uh, but I can't. Did the WoW make the structure gel or was the structure gel made and then the mm. WoW? No, the structure was made and then the WoW was tested on the structure gel. Yes. And then that's when the WoW started using the structure gel. Yeah. So so we're in an underwater research facility, right? And in this facility, um, which is so deep under the water that we're talking like, you know, you mentioned spaceship earlier. And like, that's kind of the like they have to have their own food systems. They have to closely monitor their environment, things like that. So the wow is this artificial intelligence that's created to sort of be a caretaker over the facility to safeguard human life. And that's so that's its number one directive is safeguard human life. Right. So when it's an asteroid, right? Yeah, it's an asteroid hits the Earth. Comet hits the Earth and destroys everything topside. But this uh, research facility is deep enough underwater that they are unaffected. And because of the nature of the work that they do, they've been self-sustaining. So in theory, they can continue self-sustaining for the lifetime of anybody that's down there. I thought this was created because of an Earth ending event, but it just happened to be a research facility during when the earth yep okay got yeah. it got it okay that's big that's good all right yeah but and, and um, it's almost it didn't happen to be it's just when the world ended this is all that would be left yeah would be sure, at yeah. The bottom, any research station left at the bottom of the ocean that far down okay yeah so the wow as people go increasingly crazy due to the nature of their circumstances what's going on um there starts being conflict among the crew members People start offing themselves to try to win the coin flip to get on the arc. The wow decides, man, I got to intervene. Got to got to make sure I, I safeguard human life. Yeah. Um, and so it starts using the structure gel to modify the people. I don't know if anybody plays magic, but like a sort of a Phyrexian trying to complete them. Right. Would be a way to another way to think that. of it. Yeah, you should. Especially after inscription. Yeah, that's not a bad man. (laughs) Um, And so the monsters that you see are some of the WoW's attempts to safeguard or preserve human life. Most of them. There was one dude, um, Terry Akers, that decides he's just going to gobble down the structure gel himself and becomes this hideous mutated monster on his own without the WoW's help. Um, but yeah, so that's all the monsters that you see were, well, I, the fish are fish, right? But yeah, yeah. the humanoid, but they're the humanoid ones. Yeah. The, the fish were structure gelled fish. Yeah. The, yeah. The fish also get structure. Oh, like the little robots <laughs> underwater. Those yeah. are no. Okay. They're actual the robots, robots underwater. The robots are robots. There are actual later on. There's fish, giant angler fish and stuff like yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you get to see a museum <laughs> of them. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> yeah. 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 The WoW is really trying its best. It's it's doing so well. It's 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 trying. It's it's trying. You get the choice of whether or not to kill the WoW as well. Oh, you have like a last battle with the WoW or how how does that happen? I don't think I even realized that was a choice. Yeah, toward the end you do you have a battle we, with the WoW and you can either you've got basically like poison structure gel um and you can either 
inject the wow with that structure gel, which will hopefully kill it or not. It's just doing his job, you know? I I did not realize that was a choice. Well, I yeah. thought uh, that was my next mission. So right? Simon of you. Uh, yes, yes. I'm very Bioshock. I'm like, that's what I do? All right, cool. All right, sweet, yeah. I, I would kindly, thank you. <laughs> well, it, the little things that you've been sticking your hand into the whole game. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the interestingly designed things that you've been sticking your hand into. Yeah, farther, <laughs> whole, far, farther and further in, yeah. The whole game. Well, well eventually you get to a, a real big one, and that's the wow. And it looks even more anal than the other ones. Yeah. And you go like up to the elbow this time. Like you are committed <laughs> and you don't bring it all back. Oh, you, are you, these little wows see, like trend, they That's why they heal you. Cause the point of the warden unit is to like help humanity. It's, it's giving you structure gel. It's giving you, oh, thank yeah. you. Got it. So the, it's slowly it is, transforming it you access to the wow. Cause there's Got only one. It. Wow. And yeah. it is only one. Wow. Yeah. Lots of copies. Yeah. Only one Simon. There's lots of copies. One. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. But yes, you lose, uh, you know, half of your forearm and beyond uh, to the WoW if you d- choose to do that. Yeah. Oh, if you, if you poison the WoW, you mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, you, you bring back a, a stub with uh, half a radi- radius and half an ulna sticking out of it. It's it's a real nice That's effect. That's cool. It was one of the most impressive things I thought on this game, which is not super high budget. I thought it was really competently done throughout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But... Just the move to like now when I climb a ladder, I see, you know, the stump of my arm on it. I, I see what, what's left there as I climb, you know, uh, arm over arm up the ladder. And that's a lot of work to do. Yeah. But it's it was really important work. I'm glad that they did it. It really roots you in it and says that, that the choices you made have have consequences. But also, whose arm did you lose? Imogen Reed. Because this whole game is about, right? Yeah. <laughs> this whole game is about bodies. Not my it's about, Yeah. Soma. Yeah. And it's not my arm, but it was my arm. Uh, it wasn't even my arm, you know, an hour ago. Yeah. Uh, I, tr- I transferred large quotes, uh, my consciousness to this body. And it's certainly not the arm I was born with. That was a couple bodies ago. <gasps> One more thing. The reason that you wake up here and there could be questions about like who woke you up? Why did you get put into that body? But you discover later on your consciousness on a hard drive. Oh, yeah. And and what you find out is basically you were. You were the first test of this machine. Oh, okay. You are the, I, th- I, what I think happens is, yeah, you come with the boot disc, like because yes. yeah, your body went on and died with brain damage or whatever. Yep. Yeah. At the copy at the time. Uh huh. That your that life ended right. So you're just Simon's life before everything that before that copy before that scan. So so it's not just it's not just how many times, how many other times have I woken up. Right. It's how many it's how many of those lives did I attain consciousness, ask the person what I'm there for and have a 14 year old say, you're here to serve me ROM, Simon. Shut up like you are on the OS. You're in every (laughs) university research lab that has this system. Yeah. I mean, just imagine like every. Yeah. Every intro to AI. Right. Every intro to AI program someone's booting you up that's amazing Mm -hmm. i i'd not Mm -hmm. thought about that that's like that's the main mystery and we're an hour to this podcast and i hadn't even thought about that i i think that's the most ethically dubious thing here and it happens well before the universe ends totally well before the earth gets hit by the comet yeah uh simon i don't think he even thinks about it and it's just 
he says something about how many of me are there or something real quick that he almost gets it, but he's, he's not willing to tag on. And Wendy, I love what you said. Every AI 101 course that students have to take. Booting up a Simon Jared. You have been raised to consciousness and deleted over and over and over as they mismake you because they're learning how to code for the first time. Right. Like imagine the body horror of that existence. Oh my God. (laughs) That's insane. So in the game that we play, there are four Simons. Okay. There's Simon at the beginning that's in the car crash that goes to get brain scanned. Right. There's the first Simon that wakes up in the dive suit, right? Mm -hmm. You copy your consciousness into the pressure suit, and that's the third one. Right. And then there's the one on the arc. Yep. So from from the perspective of the player, you track through four different Simons. Right. Assuming Dream Simon is not distinct. (laughs) It gives you a year, right? It's 2100 something, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember, yeah. Assuming this is around... Yeah, 80 years from now or whatever it is. Like, yeah, it could have been millions of assignments for over those 80 years. And this is just the last one because everything else has exploded. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's dark. Well, you get a little taste of that when we um, wake up the the crewmate. Right. And you get to see what waking up consciousness and trying to interact with it is like. And as Jason said, it does not go well. It's not. What happens there? Uh, he keeps freaking out over and over. Um, he just goes into sheer terror and panic okay, cool. as he kind of realizes what's going on. I wonder if Simon is special in some way. Like, <laughs> here's here's weird. I wonder if his stupidity protects him. Right. It protects me. I know that he doesn't have the freak out because he's like he should, but he doesn't like he just keeps going. And it makes me wonder when he was brought into all of those AI 101 classes. Is there something about Simon that made him useful for them? Because he was one of the few people who wouldn't just freak out. Like, absolutely, he'd freak out some, but he freaks out no matter what. But also, the the crewmate knows that he lives in a world where brain scans are yeah. a thing. Like, he knows that this is possible. That's true. And Simon, I think this is 2016, something like yeah. that. Um, Simon doesn't know that he lives in a world and he didn't live in a world where that was possible um all he knew is that this was going to be some kind of simulation thing that would help his brain injury right so i do think that that's his understanding of technology and his awareness of the technology around him is very different from everybody that was at that research station right and so uh, he is dumb though they catherine shows him <laughs> like, he is dumb though I'll tell yeah, that. Yeah. But it, but at least for that initial wake up moment, right? I think that it's very different if you know that this is a possibility, right? Mm-hmm. Versus if you don't. Yeah. Should we talk about the whole reason we're all here today, which is the discussion of are we living in a simulation? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, Jason's favorite discussion. It- the main reason I don't want to believe this is because Elon made it. More famous than ever, probably a couple years ago. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, if he believes it, then I'm out. But, but yeah, <laughs> can't what, can't that? believe anything Elon believes. No, no. <laughs> if I could give just a a, a quick transition, one yeah. one thing I wanted to bring in was um, the Philip K. Dick book Ubik. Did you ever read that one? Mm-hmm. Ubik, uh, U B I K. 
if I remember the plot right, I looked it up and none of it's making sense. So we'll see. Maybe I even got the book wrong. But I mean, that does sound like a Philip K. Dick book. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in the future, after you die, they can can freeze you and uh, people can come and interact with their dead loved ones. Basically, you can prolong the moment of death and the moment of death is usually a couple hours long. That instant can be stretched out through simulations. And so you can go to a cemetery and visit your loved one mm-hmm. and every year for five minutes say goodbye, I love you, right? And this is being used by an insurance company and the, our protagonist is an investigator who's investigating this person who's died and they're trying to figure out what's going on through very short um, interviews with them. And what they slowly figure out is that they are the one who's dead, that our protagonist is actually dead and is in the machine and it's other people talking to them and interacting right, with them. Right. But it's got this beautiful moment because they realize that they're in a simulation just kind of being held in stasis throughout. And the world just has to be made up so yeah. that they can have consciousness between these visits. And they get on a plane to fly from one place to another. And they, they know that they're in a simulation at this point. They're like, what is that? What is even happening right now? And they stop and they reflect. They're like, so I look out the plane windows and I can see what, you know, 15, 20 miles around. So the computer is developing these 20 mile circles yep. and that's all it's rendering as I go through it and the rest of the world doesn't exist. And like they're having these thoughts for themselves. And I love the idea that they invented uh, ray casting, ray tracing, Dick invented that, you know, 20 years early, just accidentally as, as a, a sci-fi gimmick. Uh, but it also comes back to this and, and who's the one who's dead, who's alive and how do we know reality? And Ben's favorite question of, are we living in a simulation and how can we know? Yeah, the basic idea, and I'll I'll do layman's terms, I guess, because this is how I think of it, is the idea that like what if we this is the jump that Jason doesn't think could happen. But if we can somehow become so advanced in evolution and whatever and technology can go so far to I guess not evolution, but we would be evolving technologies uh, to make a simulation so good that it is like the real world around us. Right. We scan the world or whatever, and everything is down to the smallest molecule, an exact replica of our world, our reality. Th- then I guess the idea is let's let's make that jump that we can do that. Then within that, we can create AI that would in turn create models of the world and the universe and reality within that AI, within that AI, within then it, it would just kind of go in infinite, right? If everyone's creating AI within AI within AI. AI. If we ignore the... The computing power and the energy it would take to to power something like that. We're also ignoring yeah. that. <laughs> and I wouldn't say ignoring it. I would say that in uh, what's the law? Um, the law that computing power doubles every eighteen months or whatever that is. Um, the idea that yeah, and I wouldn't say ignoring, but I'd say that we are progressing to the fact that technology is getting better. It's, better. it's Moore's law, and it's about the space taken up on yes. a microchip. Yes, um, yeah. which and Which also Moore's law for the first time in 40, 50 years or however long has, has finally slowed down in the past couple of years. So it's not a law anymore, I guess. We're running into atomic issues with that. Yeah, exactly. So the, the jump would be that is that. Yeah, that, that is the assumption is that we could get to the point where we can just kind of have AIs within AIs that are simulated and aren't necessarily even living on processors anymore. But uh, yeah. And the one last step is that if that's true, right, which. Wendy and I would say is a big if, but if it's true, then it's almost certain that we are living in a simulation. Yeah, because there are more simulated worlds than real ones, and vastly so. Like right, right, not even more. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, so what's the reason where you're like that's not even possible ever? In for the hundreds of thousands of years from now, that could never happen. That idea seems silly to me. Well, it it, it it's not a, a could never. 
It's sure. a I don't think it's likely likely. And it's it's very far from the certainty which you have to have to assume that we are absolutely living in the simulation. OK. Uh, or chances are good that we're living in a simulation. Uh, the first is, could we make a, a, a simulation good enough that we would think it was real? And we are just so far from that. I don't think we know if that's even possible. Um, the second is, as Wendy said, I think there's a, uh, an even better point, the, the computer computing power uh, involved in that. Um, Moore's law runs out uh, because we, we run into the actual atomic structure of things. Um, yeah. We don't know what what computers look like uh, and how those change over the next you know century or so. And then the final thing is, I think the question of this game, which is what's the relationship between your mind and your body? Yeah, mm. that's, that's the one I, f- I feel like even more appropriate for this game is what does it mean to be alive? Right. Is Catherine alive? Is Simon alive? All of these different variations of sort of half human, half machine, entities that you ran into are they alive right one one thing i love about it and I, I think that this strikes me as very true is that the game doesn't have an answer for that yeah but also thinks that the answer would have to be negotiated on individual and collective levels it's not, yeah. in other words you ben are like why in the world would you ever kill simon and i'm like i can see why we might kill simon right you might look at Catherine and be like, she is in no way alive. I would not want that life. Shut me down. And yet for Catherine, it's very much like, no, this is, it's just a different life. Yeah, it's weird, but it's just, it's my life, but it's a little bit different. Um, and I'm, I'm going with the life that I have. What's the robot test in, uh, in Turing test. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say the Bechdel test similar, but it's almost the same. Yeah. <laughs> One, you don't talk <laughs> about robots. If you don't talk about robots, yeah. then you pass the Turing test. No, if two tech bros, talk and don't bring up the Turing test. It's right. a feminist movie. Right. Uh, yeah, that's how I understand it. Yeah. Where no, if Catherine <laughs> thinks that she is sentient, I was going to say human, but sentient, then isn't that good enough? And if you can't tell the difference, like I know, uh, even if you know that she is a robot or a, that's not the right term. What's the right terminology, right? You know that she is chips and boops and beeps. Like, I, don't know. I love that you're fumbling around the, this like, I don't know what you kids today call your robot existence. I'm worried I'm going to get the terminology wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, what is it? What does it matter? What is sentience or consciousness or reality? If we or Catherine or whoever thinks that they are, isn't that good enough? Right. And that's a real question. That's not redundant. Okay. It's not rhetorical. Absolutely. All right. Um, but we don't know what, what they will think. Yeah. And we, we also can't just say like, and, and everybody's going to love that Catherine life, right? Like Catherine does. Mm-hmm. Well, she doesn't love it, but she's like, yeah, this is a life, right? Yeah. But we also can't say we just put everybody in Omnitools. Catherine seems to like it, right? From both sides of that, you can't universalize it. It's this will have to be negotiated uh, on a, again, individual and collective levels. Yeah. The idea of a soul or, or whatever that is in this game, it seems like you can't, that is copied, what does that mean when we get to the pearly gates? You're right. And Peter's like, whoa, there's, there's 40 of you. I only make one of you guys. <laughs> Thank you for finally saying it. <laughs> that seems confusing and I reject it. Six million Simon Jarrett's. <laughs> Half of heaven is just Simon Jarrett. You guys, <laughs> this is too much. <laughs> oh, man. A, a third is a unborn fetuses. And then <laughs> oh most, of the unborn, most of the other third is just uh, Simon's. just sperm. Um, it's just sperm. Cool. Wow. <laughs> Catholic heaven here. Okay. Here we are. Homunculi. Yeah, but doesn't that I think that if we say, you know, sentience is enough, 
then that calls into question, like, what are we doing with AI, right? We're just creating sentient beings and then destroying them or enslaving them. Is the line still the the Turing test? Is there a line of when AI becomes like, oh, shoot, we made it a sci-fi movie? I'd stay away from the Turing test for a couple of reasons, mainly because of its origin. And, and I think there's two good reasons there. What's wrong with Alan? No, he's great. The test was more, we know we created it when it can do this, right? It was a goal. It yeah. was like, mm-hmm. let's try and make something good enough. Let's stop calling it fancy until it looks like this. Until people actually confuse it. It wasn't, and therefore it is sentient and Got alive it. and deserves the same rights as other humans. Right. Like, that was never the test. Okay. The other is it originated as a parlor game around gender. And mm. Alan Turing was a gay man who was exploring an interest in gender in specific ways. And I don't want to divorce it from that either. That there's some tongue-in-cheekness to the Turing test in its origin. Of it's how do you tell if you're really a man? How do you tell if you're you're really gotcha, a gosh, I gotcha. Um but none of this is about who gets rights necessarily, although right. he's pretty aware of that as well. I was going off of my understanding within Oscar Isaac's definition in Deus Ex Machina. Which, exactly. Um pretty sure it's the right definition. No, that's correct. Um, <laughs> Objectively speaking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Objectificationally <laughs> speaking. Ah, nice. Oscar Isaac in ex machina looking at you, bud. Where does that leave us? Uh, let's, let's tie this in a pretty bow where we have all the answers uh, to everything. Let Wendy, me take uh, it away. Weirder. Uh, okay, <laughs> let me get weirder with the simulation thing real quick, and then, Wendy, it's all yours. Um, why do we make a simulation that looks like us? Right? I get so annoyed at this idea that we just, you know, it's the simulation within the simulation within the simulation. Everything just repeats mm-hmm. exactly this. Oh, it could get so much weirder. And the ways that we fail AI is not in the, do they count as us? Do they look like us? It's demanding so much that they do look like us. Mm. It may be that there are things that are so much more rudimentary than we think that are sentient. It may be that really, you know, your toaster is sentient in some ways that we haven't considered. I'm trying to go like as base as we can go. Right. And and I don't, I'm not going to false this with those. Those are interesting ethical questions. But then on the other extreme, as AI blooms and becomes something else, it doesn't have to be evil. The The evil AI tropes are rooted in <laughs> colonialism and capitalism. This idea of like, well, the only way to live would be this AI would basically be like a 19th century European settler culture. Right. It's like, why? There's so many other cultures. Why would it choose that one? My God. Um, <laughs> and so. Why? Uh, why that, would it? Yeah. Why would why would we imagine? <laughs> yeah. Got some hunches why it might. Who's making it? Why would the history um, of sci-fi? What are we teaching hmm. It? Hmm. Yeah, and so there's there's so many cooler places that AI can go. So many things we can't dream of uh, yeah. that AI could be that that is really cool and and hopeful and good. Did either of you play uh, the first Amnesia? So uh, we're shaking our heads, by the way, listeners. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Thomas Grip, uh, who's the co-founder of Frictional, that made Amnesia and Soma said when he made amnesia he wanted to explore this idea that you would start off as this character not really knowing what they're about hence amnesia right and then throughout the game you would discover that your character had done some truly truly horrible things uh and you as a player would have to grapple with that right like with the fact that you are playing this this terrible person and 
he said he was really disappointed when the game came out and Amnesia was really successful, yeah. um, way more successful than Penumbra and really kind of reinvigorated the style of horror. That's the slow psychological horror. It's not the action horror of like dead space or, you know, resident evil four or five, that era. Yeah. Um, Silent Hill homecoming. Let's not talk about that. Yeah. So the game was successful, but he said he looked through reviews and he only saw one review where somebody even mentioned this. And so hmm. as a studio, they were pretty disappointed in that, right? Because they had wanted to explore this idea. And while the game became popular and became successful, it didn't, nobody was thinking about that. Nobody was exploring that. And so when they did Soma, one, they wanted to make it an underwater game because not a ton of games underwater. So that was big. But two, he really wanted to explore the idea of consciousness and he wanted that to be foregrounded so much so that there was no way that people could miss it. Right. That yeah. like you had to think about it yeah. when you played the game. Um and I think that's really interesting. I loved Amnesia. I played Amnesia. Loved Amnesia. The main character definitely does some awful things, but you only encounter some of that stuff through things like journals. It's never central to the gameplay itself. Mm -hmm. So I can see how audiences didn't find that essential. And it's interesting that these questions of consciousness, how deep you go into them like the coin flip thing, right? Um, how much you know about the wow, how much you know about what was going on at the lab. That's very variable based on how much of that extra matter you read or don't read. But you're never going to miss the fact that this is a game about right. consciousness. That's that's straight out there. I love games that do this. And I mean, games do it in, in different ways than just consciousness. The thing that comes to mind <clears throat> when when you talk about amnesia where the game where you're like discovering things about the character that you're playing as and you're the protagonist is almost becoming the antagonist throughout where you're like, how do I mm -hmm. stop myself or how could I have stopped myself is um, Last of Us 2 it just came out last year or the year before, which is a game that spoiler alert. Can I spoil some, some of the gameplay? It's old enough. Is, yeah. OK, uh, for the next 30 we're, we're seconds, spoiler already just a double spoiler. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Wait, for Last wait, of Us 2, which is possible and we can recursively nest spoilers oh my god i see dead people. maybe we're within a spoiler guys are so safe <laughs> everything is a spoiler oh my gosh everything is kubayashi spoilers all the way down is early on in the game a character comes in and kills one of the main characters that you played as in last of us the first one and then you go through this game trying to hunt that person down the game switch switches swips over 25 hours into the game and you play as that person who murdered the main character. So like you become the evil person that's the bad guy and you realize that the you is the in the person in the first game, Joel, um, had like hunted down a bunch of her family, had killed her parents and had killed her family and her crew and all that in order to get Ellie back. So it's it's kind of a it got really, really bad reviews for a lot of reasons and got review bombed and stuff um, for a lot of bad reasons. One of the main ones, though, was. I wouldn't even have to get into that, but it, one of the main reasons was that it, you basically you're playing against Ellie's nemesis, right? You're playing as the bad guy and it's like trying to earn, it's trying to like turn you into liking the bad guy the whole time, which I thought was like this amazing built in empathy machine that was really cool. And 
I love that, but it's the same idea of like, who am I playing as? Why am why do I why am I trying to accomplish things as a protagonist if the things that the protagonist is doing yeah. is bad? Like, what is is there even a difference between protagonist and antagonist at that point? What's the difference? Like, we're just all trying to do things. So, I mean, if we are the consciousness of the main character, then what is and that's also bringing it back to the consciousness idea of like we are we are that consciousness as the player as the P, mm-hmm. the PC, yeah. I, I see this a lot in student games, too. And it, it sounds like Last of Us 2 worked really well for you. Totally. Uh, but not for everyone. Yeah. Uh, Wendy, you said the same thing about Amnesia. People thought that she was too strong as a woman was the main criticism. I, yeah. Yeah. There's there some other issues with the review bombing. There. Yeah. It wasn't just about the empathy machine. Yeah. But uh, something I see in student games, Wendy, I'm not sure if you see this as well, is sometimes that misplacing where the meaning is supposed to happen. And so they put mm. it in a description somewhere. But not in what you play, yeah. not yeah. in the things that you do and the choices you make. And then the strongest games make the meaning happen in the choices that you yeah. make. And I, I think that might be one of the weaknesses of Amnesia is if you could or from what I'm hearing of mm-hmm. if you could find a way to actually let you live those things and make those choices mm-hmm. in a way that made sense and didn't feel forced. Right. Uh, that's a difficult problem. Not to crack. That's not really like a critique yeah. like they, they screwed up. Similarly. Oh, with no, I think that too. I think that that's what they realized. I think mm. that that's what they realized is that they put all that stuff in the the sort of side material. And so with Soma, they set out specifically to make sure that it's in the gameplay. Yeah. It's funny that you say that because um, that's what I hated about the first Last of Us is that uh so many things happen in cutscenes. Oh, right? yeah. Um, yeah. Things that the whole game through, you know, I have been successful in doing X, Y, or Z, but to move the plot forward, you're going to have me fail at something in a cutscene. Yeah, that's tough. I cleared what that building. I... No one's outside that door. That's tough. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's the problem with extremely linear games like that, right? Is like, we need the player yeah. to definitely do this. How much do we kind of like close off all the doors and walls and make them do this, yeah. but have it feel fun and free? Yeah. Yep. Last of Us and Last of Us 2 did not work for me. Um, <laughs> well, I, actually, yeah. I didn't play Last of Us 2, I should say, but but Last of Us like really did yeah. not work for me. And I think that's a, a, a big part of it. I think if it had, if I'd interacted it, with it when it first came out before it was like, oh my God, this is, video games are finally art. And I played it and it was like, no, it's a movie with a couple games. It's like, yeah. yeah, cut in like the, and the games were OK and the movie was OK. But I, I didn't think either had like transcended the, the yeah. medium. Yeah. And, and I, I'm feeling the same way now about uh, uh, God of War uh, games that let me oh, be clear, whoa, I've never on. played. I've not interacted with. Okay. But the ways that people talk about them and, and then the th- things that they say, I'm just always like, I don't think that's for, I don't think that's for me. I, I, I don't think it's for me. Yeah, it's definitely. A, a movie, a beautiful, beautiful movie that you get to play some of. Right. <laughs> That's true. It's the opposite of Elden Ring. Where it's like a cutscene. Oh, my God. This is the second cutscene and I'm an hour 85. Something momentous has happened. Yeah. I started playing God of War with and Hannah was watching it. She's like, Are you, have you, is this the intro? Are you playing this game yet? And it's like the first 20 minutes. I think 15 minutes of it are all just cutscenes. Like, I think it's a game. I'm not. Sh- it's beautiful, though. <laughs> I look at all the muscles. Yeah. Meanwhile, the it's just different type of game. The brilliant, amazing artistic games I like are more like card games with like 20 minute anime scenes in between. Wow. Um, you know, is it Marvel Snap? Tri- no, JRPGs oh, and okay. things like that. I'm just but yeah, Marvel Snap's dope. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just trying to make one of my own beloved JRPGs yeah. and started playing Xenoblade 3. Um, oh, wow. You know, 
I, I realize that I am living in a glass home. Yeah, right, right, right. Well, Wendy, thank you so much. Is there anything else you wanted to say about this game before we get out of here? I don't think so. I think we hit it all. Thanks for making me play this. I was not looking forward to it because I'm a scaredy cat and I hate scary games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But man, it hooked me. It was an absolute blast and I really appreciate it. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah, thanks so much for being here. Shit.